guys. Welcome to episode two. I know it's a little late. I got sick. I was actually positive for COVID uh, right about the time Fred and I were supposed to record it. So we're about two weeks late. But the good thing is episode three is going to be in about two weeks. So we're just going to start throwing stuff at you left and right. So absolutely. Really the good thing, guys, is that Norm survived COVID and just has a little bit of a cough and stuff left over. So he's, he's going to deny that as the good thing. But that's really the good thing. It is. That's true. Thank you, Fred. I will tell you guys, um, I am a fairly fit person compared to most, even for my age. Um, get the vaccine, dudes. Get the vaccine. This has nothing to do with football. This is just life in general. Get the vaccine when you get the chance. It was no joke. It put me on my back for longer than I thought it would if I got it. I was being careful, but not careful enough. Um, so just seriously. Get the vaccine. Public, public service announcement. Exactly. From Norm Davis. I mean, I care about you guys. I want you guys in this league for a long time. So I know a couple of you guys have pre-existing conditions that, that make you a little uh, higher risk than I am. And like I said, it, it knocked me for a loop. I'm still, uh, I'm still getting my energy back from it. So just do yourself the favor. Do your family the favor. Get the vaccine when you get the chance. So we always start off with our business just to get that crap out of the way uh, i will tell you guys i'll reiterate what we said last time co-owners just in case we lose somebody let's have a list of uh friends that you guys might want in the league a- any of you guys who are uh who have guys that you like playing with in other leagues let me know just in case we lose somebody we'll have a backup list and we'll get uh we'll get owners in as quickly as we can thoughts fred you want to call it uh, in agreement and hopefully nobody leaves and it won't be an issue, but just in case, right. Never hurts to, uh, to have that backup. And Chris, Absolutely. I'm sure you've got a couple people between Mark and all those guys that would, uh, would co-own with you and all. So definitely worth doing. Absolutely. Um, and if nothing else, uh, if, if you like playing with these guys and they know what they're talking about, sometimes having a, a somebody to bounce something off of that is actually invested in your team is a good thing. Fred and I have co-owned a couple of teams in various leagues. And when it's, we kicked ass, we did, we actually did well. And, but it's just good having that confirmation and other times they might throw in a perspective that you might not have thought of. It's also harder to rely on the people in our league, which is who I talk to about this stuff the most Right. Because there's some, uh, it's hard to be 100% completely honest and frank when you're talking to your competition and True. maybe you don't True. want them to, you know, do something that's worthwhile doing. So, yeah, that's happened, happened a couple of times between me and Norm, I think, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, as much as Fred and I trust each other's opinion most of the time, it, it can be tough to be 100% honest because we're competitors too. So while I want to, I really would like Fred's opinion on something in this league, I can't necessarily put all of the information out there to see. Do what you can with that, guys. Other points of business, this, the next couple of months is the nitty gritty for our league. The NFL draft is going to really set some depth charts, put the rookies' values in a better perspective than they are now because landing spot and draft capital are huge for rookie value. Pay attention to what's coming up over the next couple of months. 
The other thing is because it's the nitty gritty. If you are finding that your interest is waning, let me know now and we'll try and, and get somebody else in. Dynasty isn't for everybody. Some guys just like to do the redraft stuff. You draft in August, the season's over in first week in January and you're done with football. You don't have to pay attention until next August. So if you're finding that it's just not your cup of tea to do this thing year round, let us know now so we can get in before all the shit hits the fan for this season. But yeah, right. also the, the beauty of Dynasty, right, is, is it gives us something to do during this time where there is nothing going on except for people uh, yapping and pretending to know who's drafting who and who's going where and free agency and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, there's only so much uh, Mel Kuyper Jr. that you can listen to before it drives you nuts. Uh, so it's nice to have, you know, something else to do to make some trades, you know, pretend to make some trades, at least come up with some offers and stuff like that. Uh, keeps, uh, keeps me busy probably a little bit more than, than it should, but that's besides the point. Absolutely. And even if, like we we've said this before, guys, Fred and I do not expect you to have the all enthralling interest uh, that we do for this during the off season. But what I have found is dynasty is actually helping me with redraft leagues. I know the players better. I know the depth charts better. Uh, I, I just have a better sense of how my rankings are going. So even when we do our draft in May, when those drafts come up in August, I've already got my values set, my depth charts set, my favorites, my sleepers. They're already set. I know who is who. And it, it just for me, it helps those other leagues uh, a little bit more. And in case you didn't hear that exactly, Norm said he does have rankings, and I think I've seen them. He legitimately does. So you know what you're up against here. He's got rankings. They're all computerized, a little bit nerdish if you ask me, but that's oh, just me little, and good for him. A little bit was in the rearview mirror probably about 10 years ago, Fred. It's, it's like <laughs> we're talking full Excel spreadsheets. All right, guys. Two weeks ago, we were supposed to talk about free agents. We didn't because somebody got sick. I did. I did. I got sick. I think it actually helps because a few things have happened since mm. th that two weeks ago. So what Fred and I are going to do is just so you can see the way that we think about signings and things like that. We came up each with a list of free agent winners and free agent losers. And it's not necessarily just the players that have signed not just the free agents that are either with a new team or re-signed with the team that they're on. We're also looking at the impact to other players, players on the teams that those guys may have left, players on the teams that they went to. We are going to start with free agency winners. Fred won the coin toss, so he is going to go first, <laughs> let you know who he thinks on his list, who the top free agent winners are take it away fred yeah so my uh my top one isn't individual at all it's kind of the whole team so i'm going washington football team is my big winner basically everybody that plays offense on the washington football team i think gets a step up so mclaurin who had a good year last year with crap quarterback play 
is getting a legitimate quarterback who, yeah, Fitz, Fitzpatrick has his, his ups and downs. And we know that at some point in time, he's probably going to crap the bed for some period of time. But we also know that when he's out there, he's going to throw the ball and he's going to chuck it to his wide receivers, whether they're open, whether they're not open, whether they're somewhere in between. So I think McLaurin gets a step up there, but I also think he gets a double step up because he gets Samuel, Curtis Samuel, across from him. So he's actually got a legitimate guy on the other side where you can say he's going to lose a little bit of target volume from that. Maybe so, but he's also going to lose some double coverage from that because they're going to have to actually respect somebody on the other side. So I think McLaurin gets a big boost. I think Curtis Samuel gets a boost too because he's going from being number three in Carolina to number two with his old coach who already knows him, knows how he plays, knows he can use him as a weapon in a bunch of different ways. Uh, so I like his, uh, I like that landing spot for him too. And then if you care about Fitzpatrick, I don't know how much you care about him, but he's got a starting gig. He's going to be the starting quarterback for sure. Unless there's an outside chance, I guess they could trade up to draft somebody, but that seems relatively unlikely. And I don't know. I think Antonio Gibson it's hard to give him a big boost, but they didn't really sign anybody running back wise in free agency. So it's still just him and McKissick and McKissick is what he is. He's a pass catcher, but that's it. But Gibson going into his second year, he came into the league known as a pass catcher caught next to nothing last year. So I think that goes up a little bit, although Fitz isn't a big check down guy. So I think we got to got to temper our expectations a little bit there. And then Logan Thomas too, you know, gets a legitimately good quarterback who Fitzpatrick threw to Gesicki a ton, likes Gesicki, like Gesicki, no reason that he doesn't do the same with Logan Thomas. So, uh, so that's my number one is that whole freaking offense, you know, maybe include the offensive line if you want to, just because they also have a kick-ass defense. So that offense is going to get a lot of opportunities. They're going to get turnovers. They're going to get balls in the red zone and stuff like that. I think they got a little fire lit under their butts this year for sure. Couldn't agree more. Uh, the Washington pass catches were on my list. The only reason Fred is talking about them is because he won the coin toss. So he got the play. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't agree more. Fitzpatrick is going to be a step up from Heineke and Smith and kind of the conglomerate that they had last year because of injuries and, and everything else that happened with that team. I don't know that Fitz is going to be as gunslingery as he has been only because he's probably not going to have to throw the ball as much because that defense is a beast. So it's true, but I, I see where you're coming from, but Fitz, does Fitzpatrick ever not throw the ball? No. A time? No, 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 Like it's just what he does. Right. So yeah, he will, gotta he assume will he's absolutely gonna be throwing the ball. There will be that, those three, four, five times a game where he says, look how far I can throw it. <laughs> right. so, and hopefully either McLaurin or Samuel was running under that. Exactly. But, yeah, exactly. The, the pass catches absolutely get a huge uh, upgrade in Washington there if, as long as Fitz stays healthy. My number one winner, and this is going to sound weird, it's Cam Newton. Not that I am going to go out and seek Cam Newton as my quarterback – you can't because you already traded him away last I year. I did. I traded him away. <laughs> but I'm sure I. Yeah. everybody's got a price. So I'm sure Mike would be more than willing to send it back. Number one, Cam has a fantastic base just because he's probably, if not the, one of the best rushing quarterbacks in the league still at his age. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I think eight rushing touchdowns last year. Sounds Nine. about right. Something yeah. there. That's a running back. That you have that running baseline and those running touchdowns, especially with Cam, for his floor. The fact that he got his weapons upgraded 
like he did it, it is only going to be better for him. Number one, I think he's, he's a season past that shoulder injury. I don't care how much he says the shoulder was fine. His shoulder was not fine last year. Nobody can look at the way he was throwing and think his shoulder was fine. But he's now had a year of hopefully rehabbing that, getting the PT, doing whatever that thing needs to do. So his throwing motion should be better. And he's got better weapons. Hunter Henry, Jonah Smith, Kendrick Bourne. I hesitate to say Nelson Aguilar, but he's, <laughs> he's there too. They re-signed James White, so he's got that outlet receiver. His weapons are better. If his shoulder is even marginally better, I can only see Cam having a much better season than they did last year. Yeah, I, th- I think he's a decent one. I mean, the only thing with Cam is he looked so bad last year. Like, is he just shot? You know, I mean, he can still run the ball and he's going to do that plenty, I'm sure. Yeah. But I'm not 100% convinced that he can still throw the ball to a, an open receiver. Not convinced. I'm not saying he can't, but he didn't uh, didn't show me much last year to, oh, to absolutely not. make me believe it. No, I, under- he- I understand the hesitancy, but I've been a Patriots fan long enough to trust Bill Belichick. Yeah. Yeah. So Well, and, and I mean, to me, that's, you can say Cam's one of the big winners because he has a job, right? Like at the beginning of free agency, <laughs> we, we didn't even know if he was going to be true. a starter, right? So he's got a starting gig right now. That makes him a win automatically. Fred, your number two winner. Who, what was that? Number two winner is AJ Brown. I just think, so the, the thing with AJ Brown over the first two years, is he two years or a year? Year three. Year three. So the first, the big thing with AJ Brown that held him back the first couple of years is just volume, right? Like the guys put up ridiculous numbers getting less than a hundred targets or something like that a year. I I don't know the exact number on that either, but not a lot. So they just shipped off Corey Davis who had a, you know, pretty good season, but had a fair number of targets. They shipped off Johnny Smith who also had a fair number of targets and replaced them with, not nobody. Who did they? they? I know they signed some wide receiver who was Josh Reynolds. Fine. Josh Reynolds can get his, you know, 60, 70 targets. I just think if AJ Brown gets instead of 90 to 100 targets, gets 140 targets, forget about it, man. He's going to be lights out. And I'm happy to have him on my team on that in case. Two things. One was kind of, is kind of just contradicting your, your point about who was Terry McLaurin in that they might swing by they, I mean, defenses playing Tennessee, they might swing coverage over towards AJ Brown a little bit more with yeah, those. It doesn't matter. No. He's too much of a beast. Hey, Put three other, guys on him. The other thing that I, the only other thing, and I'm just, I'm just playing devil's advocate here because yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I think he's a winner so far uh, in the off season is Derek Henry. That they are a running team first with him is the only thing that I can see possibly having a cap on AJ Brown's targets, but yeah, I, which I, is is totally valid. But like the, the way I look at it is Henry can't run more than he has the past couple. Of, I mean, I guess he can, but right, he already runs a ton as it is. Absolutely, and we know, you know, we know what that passing volume is. So now we're still putting whatever targets. So let's just say there's 300 targets out there there aren't as many guys to, to take those targets. And, you know, they'll probably draft a wide receiver. Like I would assume that, that, you know, maybe not, you know, in the first round or something, but I'd assume they draft another one, but still, you know, to me, it's uh, it's his show, you know, for, for sure until proven otherwise. So uh, I think he gets, gets a, gets a little boost there for sure. Yep. 
Yep. All right. Who you got? Number two. Completely agree. My number two is the Miami running back core, specifically Miles Gaskin, because right now he's lead dog there. I think he, he and they uh, are winners because there was so much talk in the off season about them upgrading. Uh, that was the big thing is Aaron Jones going to go to Miami. There are a few other running backs out there that there was, there was talk about going to Miami. The fact that mm-hmm. those guys didn't sign a running back yet, um, I think <laughs> speaks to how they really feel about the guys that they have there. If, if they were really hesitant about what they had, I think they would have made a much stronger push in free agency to uh, to get somebody. I, I had Gaskin on my list too, just a little bit lower down. And and the thing is, you know, the reason I have him lower down, it has nothing to do with free agency. It's just the draft. Like I just, they, they have a lot of draft capital that I just assume that they're going to draft somebody legit to and maybe I, take over that. But yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. I, I figured we were just looking at winners and losers at this point. Yeah, from free agency. Things can change. I mean, yeah. the draft, it, Miami goes in and for whatever reason decides that they're going to draft Najee Harris in the first round. What I just said means nothing. <laughs> yes. Right in the toilet. Pop the balloon, Gaskins and Ahmed are done. But as of right now, I consider Gaskins and the rest of that backfield a, a winner. Yeah, I agree. Just because they survived despite all of the hot and heavy talk about Miami signing somebody. Even with the draft part of things too, like it seems like the way Miami's been building their team, like they're not too worried about that part of it. Like I could also see them waiting until the fourth round and, you know, grabbing the fourth round back just as a a compliment and supplement and not, and roll with Gaskin. He put up great numbers last year. Why, uh, why fix when he's broken? Yeah. and, And when he was hurt, Ahmed put up some decent numbers yeah. in, in those games as well. So yeah. the Miami could be, we could be looking at kind of a, a mirror image of San Francisco because San Francisco, mm-hmm. no matter who they gave the ball to as a running back, they produced. Yeah. Miami yeah. could be what look, could be looking like one of those systems that does the same thing. Take right. out a right. put in B you get almost as much production as you did. Number three yeah. winner go. Third winner, you know, I, this is weird because I don't think that I thought he was a winner initially, but the more I think about it, I, I think he is. And so my third is going to be James Robinson. There's a ton of talk, you know, about is he the real deal? He was a free agent or free agent or sixth or seventh round pick, whatever he was. He was, he was right? undrafted. He was undrafted. undrafted right. Yep. So no draft capital at all. So new coaches going to replace him. And granted, they signed Carlos Hyde. But as far as free agent running backs go, you know, again, if you're going to give me Carlos Hyde versus Aaron Jones, give me Carlos Hyde. Yeah, he's going to take some touches away. But James Robinson had what, like a 90 something percent running back share last year, which is high share. Right. Not sustainable unless you're McCaffrey and, and have earned that. So he needed somebody to take some of the load away anyhow. And Carlos Hyde is not going to take any of the passing game away, right? That's not his gig. So so James Robinson should still be involved in the passing game to whatever extent he will be. Add in a rookie quarterback who's probably going to look to dump the ball off a little bit. And that probably increases his pass catching some. And, you know, again, Hyde probably vultures a couple touchdowns here and there that maybe James Robinson would have gotten last year. But, you know, again, if you're adding somebody to the mix, 
I'll take Carlos Hyde in, in a heartbeat and save the, the value on my guy and not feel too bad about it. And granted, they, they might draft somebody too. You know, who knows if they decide to, to you, you know, they got a ton of draft capital also, so they could. But, uh, but as of right now, I think he, he comes out as a winner for sure. I completely agree. And, and I just want to say, as a James <laughs> Robinson owner, thank you so much. Um, That's the well, only reason you agree. I agree. Uh, no, no. <laughs> Carlos Hyde is a known commodity. He is not somebody who's going to go in there and wrestle the job away from a guy who did what Robinson did. Right. He is going in there to spell Robinson. So Robinson doesn't have to have that 90 plus running back share that he had last year. Give him some rest. I think the other reason that they drafted Hyde was I, if I'm correct, I think Hyde is actually pretty good at pass protection. And I'm not sure about Robinson with a rookie quarterback. If you need that extra blocker in there, Hyde yeah. might be that guy who's going to fill that role. If he's good with the blitz pickup. That's interesting. That's, I didn't really think about Robinson, that. Robinson again, again, we're mostly talking about guys who aren't free agents. It's how the free agents have affected. Yeah. These yeah, yeah, guys. yeah. So it's, it, I think it's interesting that independent of each other, we've come up with these, uh, with these lists before, before you get to your third guy, yeah. or maybe we need to remember after your third guy, are any of the actual free agents winners? We have to let's you do your third guy. And then we're going to go. My back third to guy was actually a free agent. Oh, okay. I, he re-signed with the team that he was on, uh, but I consider him a winner. Uh, that was Chris Carson, mm. the running back uh, who re-signed with Seattle. I, I think that was the best landing spot for him. Known commodity, Seattle, despite Russ wanting to cook, has come out and said, hey, we weren't running the ball enough. We're going to do that some more. That they re-signed him again shows that confidence that they want to continue to give him the ball. Yes, they have Rashad Penny there. Yes, they signed another running back. I forgot who it was at this point. Seattle brought Chris Carson back to be the guy. Yeah. So, yeah, no, but you know, I think for, for any place else that he's going to go and get signed, he probably wasn't going to be the, the A1 guy, whereas Seattle knows him, they like him, and you know that they're going to use him just like, like there's no reason to think that they don't use him the same way they have the past couple of yeah. years. I mean, maybe Penny gets a little bit more action if he's actually healthy because they clearly – like the guy at one point, right? They drafted him super high. So he's, you know, he, yeah. they must, they must want him to be good, but he clearly can't stay on the field either. So no, and yeah, I, that's a good one. I think if they had any confidence that Penny could be that guy, they would not have re-signed Carson. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That, right. That, that good was point. part of it too. Do you have, don't, we won't really talk about them, but any like honorable mentions on your list that uh, for the winners? Yeah, I mean, I got a couple. Like, I, I, this one's a little bit weird, I think. But Allen Robinson, he didn't get a huge upgrade at quarterback. But the, the more I've been thinking about it, when you think of what Andy Dalton did with A.J. Green, like, why can't that be the same with Allen Robinson? I mean, I, Andy Dalton's not good. We all know that, right? He's average at best. But why isn't he going to pepper – his primary target with 150 targets, you know, a year, right. you know, so I, I don't know. I'm not sure that Allen Robinson gets a ton better, but I don't think he gets worse either. So I feel like if, if that quarterback situation ended up being Trubisky or Foles, uh, you know, I, I think that, that hits him a little bit. That's one guy. And then the other guy uh, that I'll mention real quick is Chase Edmonds. 
you know, Drake left, which I think is big. But then just today, I don't know if you guys heard, but they signed James Conner today, yeah. which it, it's kind of similar to the James Robinson thing. Like James Conner doesn't scare you away from Chase Edmonds. Like, you know, yeah, he's going to take so, some of the, the carries and stuff, but he's not, you know, it, it, they're not drafting Najee Harris, I don't think, if they sign James Conner, right? Like it seems like they're going to go in with the two of them. And I think Chase Edmonds has the chance to uh, to finally pan out. I don't know. You know, I have him on my team every year. Everybody's people have been saying, hey, this is the year Chase Edmonds is going to roll, and it hasn't happened. So I'm not convinced it's going to, but I'm going to include him on my list too. See, that's funny because on my lesser on the list, I actually have James Conner. Do you? <laughs> I think that was one of the better landing spots for him. Again, I think if Arizona, despite the talk that you hear, if Arizona truly thought that the, that Edmonds was the guy that yeah. could carry the load, I don't think they would have signed a guy like Connor. I don't think Connor is going to be their workhorse. I don't think he can right. be, right. Um, especially in that offense. I think it's going to be more like a 1A, 1B type thing. Uh, like they were last year with Drake and Edmonds was was the, the second guy as well. And I think that's probably going to be uh, the same thing this year. They might go hot hand. Yeah. It, might, yeah. it could be an RBBC, but yeah. I think Connor got himself to a spot where he can still be fantasy relevant. The other guy that I had on my list uh, was we actually talked about was is Josh Reynolds. You t- talked about AJ Brown right mm-hmm. now. I think Josh Reynolds is the number two on that team. A great yeah. number two. No, but if double coverage is going to swing towards AJ Brown's side, Josh Reynolds gets himself open. He's going to see more than his share of targets right sure. now. He went from a number three with golf as his quarterback. Yeah. To number two with Tannehill as his quarterback. So I think, he at this point really stepped himself up and uh, can yeah, be that's a good one. I forgot who picked him up because it was after he signed, he was a free agent for most of our off season. Yeah. Might've been Mario, um, but, but I think it might've been Mario. So Mario, if that was you got a good pickup with, uh, with Josh Reynolds, I thought that was good job. Up. Mario finally did something right, man. Way to go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> losers in the, the free agent market. I'm going to start. Uh, I'm going to start the losers. My biggest loser is Josh Jacobs. Ding, 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 ding. I do not know what Oakland is doing. I don't know how guys go in there. Reputable coaches go in there and just lose their minds. (laughs) Josh Jacobs, who was a top 10 running back last year. I'm not saying he's not talented. Don't hear what I'm not saying. The fact that they signed Kenyon Drake to i think 11 million dollars i think it was five a year yeah i think it was two years for about five is ridiculous Mm -hmm. all he's gonna do is is take touches away from jacobs jacobs is a good pass catcher why they don't use him more i don't know but i think drake is gonna eat into some of that he's definitely gonna eat into some carries he's gonna vulture some touchdowns away from josh jacobs too Josh Jacobs is a talented running back who has had a one B put in there next to him. Yeah. And I, 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 that's, that's going to kill him. The other thing that Oakland did was they let most of their offensive line yeah. walk away. Yeah. Good point. So not only are you losing touches, 
the defenses are going to be in the backfield more against the, against the the Raiders. So they yes. didn't do their running game any favors by the the signings or the non signings, the guys they let walk away that they did. Yeah, hundred percent agree. He was tops on my list, and you stole him stole him from me. And and I just don't. Uh, I I also don't understand what they're doing there. I mean, when you when you think about the three guys from that draft class, from that rookie draft class, right? Our top three guys were Jacobs, Montgomery, and Sanders. Sanders, yep. And all three of them had the potential to get hurt this off season. And Jacobs would have been the one that I thought was most safe, and ended up getting most hurt for sure. Yeah. Who's your first loser? Uh, I'm doing a little little combo platter on the first loser and going ah. with the uh, yeah going with the the Patriots tight end. So Hunter Henry, Jonu yeah. Smith, you know, great, right? They're they're both really good, and everybody wants to talk about Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski and the second coming of that duo. Dude, that's never happening again, right? Those two guys were they were different from everybody else. That Absolutely. that's not something that you repeat and replace as much as they might want to. Both of them had great opportunities to go somewhere in free agency and find a new home where they were going to be a top pass catcher and a top option. And now they're both, they say they're going to share, right? They're going to share whatever tight end share there is. Now that might be a big share in that offense. The tight ends might get used a lot, but they're still, they're going to vulture touchdowns from each other. They're going to vulture, vulture pass cash catching options from each other. It's a run first team, right? That's not a heavy pass team. And going back to the cam scenario, if his arm doesn't work, even the tight end routes, he's not going to be able to throw to. So I think both of those guys, it might be a fine situation for both of them, but going into free agency where you're thinking, all right, great. These guys are going to go and finally get, you know, their chance to shine ain't happening for either one of them. No. And as much as I appreciated you bringing up James Robinson, because I'm his manager in the dynasty league, (laughs) I am also the Jonu Smith manager in the dynasty league. And he was actually, he and Hunter Henry were actually both on my list too. They're going to steal from each other. As much as those signings helped Cam Newton, they hurt each other. It's it's just funny how you talk about signings being beneficial for one guy, but not the actual guys who signed. I don't ever think we're going to see a Hernandez Gronk thing yeah, again in him. our in our lifetimes. Probably that was that was magic in a bottle that yeah. got the Patriots a bunch of wins and a bunch of playoff wins. Anybody who thinks that Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry with Cam Newton as their quarterback is going to replicate that really needs to share what they're using. Well, um, Before we move on, completely unrelated, but just so I can try to take a little jab at the Patriots because I like <laughs> to when I get the opportunity. Of course you do. Didn't, didn't they draft two tight ends last year in what, they like the second, second and third round or Dalton, third and fourth uh, round? Or? Third and fourth round or a third and third. Yeah. So that's was, uh, some pretty good draft capital. That And, and Keen. They drafted yep. both of those guys. So the fact that they signed two tight ends uh, lets you in on how well the Patriots are actually drafting recently. Yeah. Not so good at the draft. No, Bill does yeah. a lot of, a lot of good things. That's not one of them. Right. That after one year, they're already bailing on those two guys. Right. Right. It's bad. My number two loser, any of you managers who has a Tampa Bay running back, especially after the last couple of days, if the kids are listening earmuffs, that backfield is a clusterfuck. It, it could work itself out in the next couple of months. It, they might cut somebody. They might trade somebody. But right now, you've got 
Ronald Jones. You've got Leonard Fournette, Keyshawn Vaughn, the rookie from last year, who two weeks ago Bruce Arians said is going to have a breakout season. And to yeah. show you how much confidence he had in that breakout season, they just went out and signed Gio Bernard as a fourth running back. I do not – you can't give me enough money, draft picks. I don't care what it is. <laughs> I don't want any of those guys on my team right now. I, I don't know oh, yeah. who to trust. I don't know who's going to get the ball. I don't know who's going to be catching the passes. I, I want nothing to do with that. Total train wreck. Completely agree. I mean, even even before they signed Gio Bernard, you know, it seemed like at best it's a 50-50 split from the way things ended last year between Jones and and Fournette with a little bit of Vaughn thrown in there. Like, I, I don't know, does does Vaughn even have a role on that's like, I thought he was the best pass catcher, but Gio Bernard is definitely a better pass catcher, clearly. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Stay stay away uh, for for sure. I uh, it seems like it's a, it's a mess. And when you say you know maybe they cut somebody, they're not cutting Fournette, right? They just resigned. They just gave him a new contract. They just resigned him. Jones is still on his rookie deal. Yeah, I and think. you're probably not cutting Vaughn because you Vaughn spent is, what third his... third round draft capital on him, I think. Yeah, and he's only in his second year. I, I don't know what they do there. I don't know if they package somebody out. Of, they could trade one of the guys if they yeah. if they get enough interest, but. Right yes, now, sir. I am staying far, far away from the Tampa Bay backfield. What's like your next loser, Fred? Uh, my number two is A.J. Dillon. Again, going back to the Aaron Jones thing, like everybody was pretty sure that Aaron Jones was going to sign elsewhere or, or that that at least seemed like the right thing, which meant it was going to be A.J. Dillon and maybe Jamali Williams, was, you know, they were going to re-sign him and A.J. will. Dylan was going to be the top dog that ain't happening now granted it might happen at some point but they signed Jones for what like four years right or he got a four-year deal uh I think in the, in that deal so you know that takes AJ Dylan from being hey this is you know up and coming and this year he's gonna rock it to yeah you know he's, he's gonna get more time this year because they got rid of Jamal Williams so he'll still get some more play for sure but He's not getting passing down role, right? That's going to be Aaron Jones, you know, pretty much for sure. Cause we don't think AJ Dillon uh, and those, you know, thighs or whatever are only going to get you so far in the league <laughs> before, uh, before something else happens. So I think he's, he's a, he's a loser, even, even though he probably moves up in the pecking order from the th- RB three to the RB two, I still think uh, he's, he's, he's just not getting, you know, especially with what everybody anticipated end of the year, he had, you know, a couple of nice games, looked pretty good. Everybody got really excited about him. I think he kind of got his legs chopped out from him. Yeah, I, I agree. I was looking forward to A.J. Dillon getting the lead just because of yeah. the that he showed last year. I was kind of surprised, and I think a lot of people were, when uh, Jones signed back yeah. with the Packers. So that really took his value out. Now, who knows? I, I don't know the specifics of the Jones deal. He could have an out next year. He could have an right. out the year right. after that. Dylan's still a young guy. I think he's honestly, he's going to be 21 going into the season. He's still got plenty of years. Who knows? It could be a, a Derek Henry kind of thing where he sat for behind yeah. uh, DeMarco Murray for a while. And then all of a sudden he was the breakout. Who knows? Um, yeah. But for, in terms of production for this year. Yeah. I think, uh, I think Adrian Dylan is, uh, did get knocked down quite a bit from the perceived value he had a couple of months ago. Corey Davis, I have as my next guy as a loser. Interesting. Not that, not that he isn't talented because he had a pretty good season with uh, Tennessee. 
uh, better than he had. It was definitely his best season to date. And I think he rolled that into grabbing as much money as he could, <laughs> which if that's his priority, good All for him. More to. power to you, Corey. Yeah. Uh, I'm happy for you that way. But going to the Jets, who are in a rebuild, uh, is not going to do anything for your fantasy production. Depending on how quickly they rebuild that team by the time you are ready for another contract, which, by the way, Corey, is based on numbers. That's how you got the money you did this time, by having a good season. You might not be looking at, a, at the big payday that you, or you think you're going to get in a few years time when that comes up they're going to have a new quarterback they don't really have a starting running back at this point at least they don't have a starting running back that excites me michael piran i don't think that's the answer their offensive line while they did well in the draft last year still has some holes and i think they're going to be rebuilding the defense too because the guy they brought in is a defensive coach so his scheme is going to be what's there if Corey Davis did this in two years going to the Jets, I'd say it would be a much better thing. But walking into a known rebuild, a new regime, it is not going to help, number one, your fantasy value, which I know he doesn't give a rat's ass about. But unless they rebuild that team quickly, his next contract is not as big as he thinks it's going to be. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I, I'm, I might respectfully disagree with you a little bit on this one. While your point's very valid, he's also going somewhere where he's going to be the number one, right? The- theoretically the number one with a somewhat legitimate rest of the receiving core, right? Like it's not going to be just him. They got Mims, they got Crowder, so he can't get triple teamed every time. And they're probably going to throw the ball, right? Because they don't have a running game right now. Again, maybe they draft a running back but they're probably going to throw the ball. And and it seems like it's Zach Wilson, you know, going to them at two. I don't really know. I don't know Zach Wilson from a hole in the wall either on whether he's good or not, but a lot of people seem to like him. So who knows, you know, not to say he's going to catch 120 balls and, and go for 1500 yards, but I could see him putting up similar numbers to what he did last year, which was, you know, it's good. It was wide receiver two probably type numbers. So I don't, I, you know, I wouldn't sit here and say that he's a winner, but I'm also not sure that I'd have him high on my losers list either. Who's, who's your next one? So my last one is going to be the, the Carolina wide receivers. Um, and this one's a little bit weird and, and you got to bear with me on this one. Cause it's not so much that I think that they're all going to suck now or anything like that. I don't think that's the case. Um, and especially with Curtis Samuel leaving, maybe DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson get a little bit more of the pie. The reason that I consider them a loser is that early in free agency, it seemed like Carolina was jonesing for Deshaun Watson and that that seemed like that was gonna, gonna happen. And going from Deshaun Watson to, uh, to Sam Darnold is a little bit of a, you know, I don't, I don't think that, that uh, anybody would disagree. That's probably a little bit of a downplay on who they get. Now, I will say that I think Darnold's probably an upgrade over Teddy. So I, that, that's still probably a plus. But I can also see Darnold checking down to, to McCaffrey 500 times a game, give or take a little bit. So I just, I'm not sure if the downfield stuff is going to be as, as prevalent. So I don't know, you know, that they're, uh, you know, again, losers compared to where they were last year necessarily, but from the start of free agency, where I think a lot of people thought that Deshaun Watson might land there, I think, uh, I think it's a step down for them. 
I don't think the Watson, at least I didn't interpret that the Watson rumors were uh, as hot and heavy as they might have been. Houston never wavered on saying that we're not going to trade him. Yeah, yeah, now, that's true. In retrospect, with all the crap that's flying around now, traded the hell out of him. Could have gotten rid of him <laughs> like he was on fire. Um, Houston was always adamant that they weren't going to trade him. Why I don't know because they were basically having a fire sale with the rest right, of the right. team, like uh, everybody else. I, yeah. I can't, I can't figure that one out to save my life. I actually would put those guys down as put a gun to my head. Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. I would say I would put them in the winner's side. Teddy check down wasn't helping anybody in terms of air yards, in terms of uh, what was going on. Curtis Samuel leaving is a definite plus because now mm-hmm. you got two guys out there. Yes, you, Christian McCaffrey is going to get his. Everybody knows that. Yeah. The thing is, DJ Moore has been kind of quarterback proof. Yeah, with, yeah, it's true. With his numbers. Everybody wants to break out. Everybody wants to see him in the top three. And it's not really his fault that he hasn't. He's had for the past two seasons, he's had Kyle Allen and Teddy Bridgewater throwing to him. Yeah. I don't think he's been able to show everything that he has yet. He's been a, if not a wide receiver, one, a top wide receiver two uh, over those past two years, he's put up 1200 yards from scrimmage each year. He's gotten at least a handful of touchdowns, if not a couple more. I think Darnold is going to be an upgrade from Bridgewater. How much? I don't know. It's tough to tell when you're trying to unbury yourself from the shit storm that Adam Gase is. Uh, <laughs> Number two. How many guys? Yeah. How many guys have we have we seen leave an Adam Gase team and flourish somewhere else? Not just. Yeah. And we're just not talking about Ryan Tannehill. There's a bunch of other positional guys that you yeah. can name too. So is it? Darnold's actually not good a good quarterback possibly is it Gase is just a really shitty coach definitely <laughs> but how much of each side was Darnold's performance the other thing with Carolina too is even if they weren't getting Watson it seemed like they were one of the teams that was potentially trading oh, up to they draft were. They you know, were they were definitely hot and heavy for him. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I, Houston wasn't obliging any of that kind of talk. Right, right, right. So, no, but I'm just saying. So even even if that wasn't going to happen, it seemed like they were a, a decent trade up target for one of the top rookies. And it's hard to know, right? Are are any of those rookies better than Darnold? Hard to know for sure. You know what Darnold's put out there so far has been relatively ugly, but you know, again, we know that there are circumstances for it. So we'll see. Hey, I got DJ Moore on my team, so I sure as hell hope that it's not a downgrade for them. But you know, we'll we'll see. Not a bad. That is not a bad thing to have at all. So, who else you got? Oddly enough, I actually had Allen Robinson as as kind of a loser in free agency. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, he was, he was he was on the bottom of my list, but just in case you took all of my other picks, um, <laughs> I, I had him on my list only because a one-year deal with Andy Dalton as your quarterback, I don't think is the way to get yourself a long-term deal after. Now, again, Allen Robinson is kind of one of those guys that's quarterback proof. Yeah. If anything, it's for me, it's more of a lateral move lateral move than a win yeah Andy Dalton he can throw the ball he did well enough with the weapons that he had when he was called on in Dallas he definitely had AJ Green when those two guys were in their heyday right right. for Allen Robinson specifically why he decided that he he definitely wanted to sign that tender 
after they signed Andy Dalton. I, I don't know, unless Dalton is a snake charmer and he got on the phone and said, hey, yeah, you should definitely come back. <laughs> the rest of what I see in Chicago, that franchise is dumpster just, fire. Oh, it yeah. is awful. Yeah. I'm, hope, I'm hoping that Robinson is betting on himself this year with Dalton. Yeah. Thing that yeah. They either figure out what the hell they're doing or he can get out of Dodge and yeah. get himself. Yeah, we'll see. He deserves so. I got a few real quick hitters. I'll go real quick because I got a few. Lamar Jackson, they can't seem to convince a top wide receiving option to come there. So even Why though would his, you? Uh, I know. If you were a wide receiver value, option. You got based on the ground, it would be nice if he could have somebody to throw the ball to. Right. Yeah, but they pass the ball the least. Oh, I know. I know. The least. So, and, and I just talked about it. Corey Davis, you your contract when you're a wide receiver your contract is based on the numbers that you put up right none of these guys want to go to baltimore because they know their next contract their numbers are going to be lower not that they don't want to win it's just that that's what's going to happen baltimore is going to draft have to draft their wide receiver depth yeah and they draft a couple of my favorites of the rookies. I'm going to be a very, very sad man (laughs) because I know know it's going to happen too, right? There's no reason that they couldn't with their first pick, take one of those guys, their first or their second pick, the wide receiver class is deep. Yeah. It's pretty deep. Yeah. If guys slip to the second and they move up to, to take one of the guys that I I have a heavy interest in, like I said, it's, it's, it's going to tick me off because I know that guy is going to go there and basically die. (laughs) <laughs> because his fantasy value is just going to dip. So I agree that the, that the fact that the only name that they could sign was Sammy Watkins is really telling right. about what wide receivers think about going to Baltimore. Scary. Uh, I'll throw the Texans running backs out there. Cause now there are 40 of them. So who knows the who's Texans in general? <laughs> yeah. Texans, right. Just the whole team. Uh, I think Claypool and Deontay Johnson, like, you know, everybody thought and, and I thought and I was parading that Juju Smith-Schuster was going elsewhere because that's what everybody in Pittsburgh was saying, including I all the so beat too. writers. I thought he was gone. And I think Claypool and Johnson would have shot up because their value shoots up considerably. So it, it doesn't necessarily go down from where it was last year, but it stays the same at best because you know that all three of them are going to get similar work. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that many people thought juju was going to be going back yeah. there and I still, I, i'm still not sure why he did right he got offered more money from baltimore and and kansas city kansas city how do you turn what down you kansas thinking? city yeah, you have the chance great. to go to kansas city and be the definitive number two yeah he just Kyrie kill and you went back to pittsburgh why He's just being smart. He knows who's winning the Super Bowl this year. He went where the where the ring's going to be. He's not chasing money. He's going for rings. I, I, I'm going to have to find a cricket sound <laughs> and insert it here because that definitely deserves the Steelers. Uh, Super Bowl 2021. You heard it here first. Last one, just because I want your opinion on it, because I don't know how I feel about this, is the Philly guys. So Miles Sanders and Dallas Goddard, who are, of course, both on my team. So it means even more to me. But so having Jalen Hurts, is that good or bad for them? I mean, obviously having Ertz leave is good for, Ertz for Goddard. Good. Oh, yeah, he hasn't left yet, huh? He Not can't yet. go back to that team, right? For me, it's, it's too early to tell. Jalen Hurts could be a world beater. Yeah. 
Jalen Hurts could be a below average quarterback. Right, right, right. Um, in the four games that he played last year, there were times where he looked electric. There were times where he looked like a scared rookie. And that's that's what he was. He was a scared rookie. So right. um, it's it's really tough to uh, make a judgment on guys like uh, Goddard, even Ertz, Sanders, mm-hmm. just because he's still such an unknown commodity. Yeah. And, and you've got a new regime coming in there, too. Right. I, I worry about Sanders losing some touches in the passing game, too, because the look at Lamar Jackson, those run re, legit running quarterbacks just don't dump the ball off to their running backs that much. Hurts would be a little bit more of a dump off guy. I don't think he's quite the runner that Jackson is. Yeah, I think, no, nobody is, right? No, I think Philly's offense might be a little more towards that at first especially like i said they really don't have anybody a wide receiver yet rager's still an unknown commodity their number two right now is greg ward i'm kind of surprised that they did yeah okay (laughs) tomato tomato there um i'm i was really surprised that they didn't sign a wide receiver in free agency yeah who knows? Yeah. Maybe they see they saw that the the depth in the draft and they're going to go that route, which is why I think they right. made it. Why they traded down to twelve? Twelve, yeah, yeah. From six, I think they they wanted the extra picks because they know the holes on that team. And if they are really looking for that first round wide receiver, getting that that number twelve, I still think they're going to get somebody very very talented. All right, guys, those were the winners and losers uh, for the offseason so far. Only other thing that we said last time is we are going to uh, end on a tip for you guys. Tip of the day. Tip of the day. It was supposed to be tips of the day, but I'm forgetting. Oh, no, I'm not. There it is. (laughs) It's actually two tips today. Uh, The first one is the articles uh, that I'm putting up in the app chat. Those are to help you guys. Uh, It gives you a good perspective on Dynasty. Uh, The article that I put up at the end of last week uh, was about draft expectations and and pick value. Uh, The article that I put up just today, it's Tuesday the 13th, is about draft strategy. If you do consider yourself a contender, what you should do, how to think about it. If you're a team that's rebuilding and don't forget guys, this is dynasty. It takes, usually it takes a couple, three seasons to get yourself from the bottom to the top. I mean, if you think about it, 75 ish percent of the guys that started out on your team are going to be on your team in three, four five seasons. So turning it around is more of a step-by-step process, not a, hey, this season I'm going to be great. If that happens, fantastic. You're better manager than I am. But turning a dynasty team around is usually a multi-season process. So the more you can not only get yourself educated on players, the more you can think about the strategy of dynasty uh, the better off you're going to be in the long run. I mean, you guys remember, right? We've all been doing redraft forever. And I think all of us or most of us are new to, to Dynasty. So Norm and I pretend that we know a lot, but we don't know squad either. And we read all Good this story. stuff and, you know, listen to different things because it helps. And, I, you know, the, I, I read that article. I didn't read the one from today, but I read the other article that Norm posted. 
and it's eye-opening to me. It's uh, if you haven't read it, you should definitely read it because it's a worthwhile read, and it will, I think, affect the way you approach rookie drafts and and rookies in general and on, on what you're doing. So it's a uh, it's a worthwhile read for sure. Second tip, uh, only because this was going to be the tip for for this week, and I put that other one in there just because I'm finding these articles. But the second tip is find yourself a podcast to listen to. There are dozens, literally dozens of podcasts about fantasy football. You can go from very simple 10, 15 minute guys talking like computers just spitting facts out at you. There are entertaining ones out there. There are dynasty specific. There are IDP defensive player specific podcasts out there. So go looking, you know, listen in your car, listen in the shower. It's worth it. And guys, obviously this is going to be your go-to podcast from here on out because you're going to get the highest quality, best information <laughs> that's out there from this podcast alone. But we really <laughs> might have- Thanks for pointing that out, friend. You know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to toot uh, our, our horn, but you, you're right. You're I mean, right. let's just be honest, right? There's no reason to, to beat around the bush here. I mean, we're, we're basically talking about secondary options if uh, just in case you want more, that's all. But yeah, I mean, I, I listened to like 45,000 of them at different various times, some of which, you know, end up sucking at times and some of which are like really good. And, and, you know, they're always doing things that are not necessarily time sensitive, but time smart, you know, like talking about rookies and rookie drafts now and, and not dealing with that kind of stuff later. So there's some good, uh, good stuff out there. And if you guys want suggestions, um, you know, I can tell you some, uh, some of my favorites, just shoot me a text and I'll let you know which ones I, I like and uh, save you from having to, to sort through the, the bunches of, of them that are on the Apple podcast. Cause there's a ton of them. There really are. And, and there are a bunch of people that are just schmoes like me and Norm doing one that gets populated onto Apple podcast. And you know, you don't know whether they're worthwhile listening to or not because they could just be schmoes. There's some good ones though, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, anybody can do a podcast. So listen wisely as we are proof. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, we're keeping it in, in the family, but yeah, guys just go out there. Look, there are, fantastic podcasts out there that are 15 minutes long that are once or twice a week. Some are an hour, two hours long. If you commute a lot, Hey, listen, take in the information. If it doesn't jibe with what you're thinking, if the guy sounds like he just does not know what the hell he's talking about, get rid of it. Find another one. Look at the ratings as you're looking. I found just in general, the better the ratings the more people trust those people and go to your, go to your sports sources to find the initial ones. CBS sports has their own fantasy football podcast. ESPN has their own football podcast. I'm almost positive. Fox sports has a fantasy football podcast. And then there's just a ton of independence. So do yeah, just- fun. And like Fantasy Pros, which is a pretty trusted uh, website for fantasy, they just started a dynasty podcast just uh, like a month or two months ago or something. So it's another legitimate one to consider too. Find something that you like. There are entertaining ones out there. There are the computer nerd stuff. If you're just looking for numbers and rankings, they're out there too. Probably in a couple of weeks, uh, right before the draft, Fred and I are going to do another one. We're going to talk about what we think of the rookies coming up uh, and how to maybe how to gauge where they are going to end up, draft capital, stuff like that. We'll, we'll throw some of those terms out there as well. Fred, nice. it has been yep. fun. It's been a pleasure, as always. Glad that you're not dead. 
Yeah, me too. Bye, bye, boys. Have fun storming the castle. Think of the lake. It would take a miracle. Goodbye. Bye.